Well, welcome everybody to a very special episode of Diggy's Dungeon. As you can probably hear, I am not Diggy. Uh, this is Gachi, and I will be your special co-host for this very special episode. And we are all here today because we are celebrating Diggy's 10 years as a K-pop fan. So it's a little bit of a Diggy's Dungeon special episode with our very special guys. So Diggy, why don't you explain what's going on today? <laughs> Thank you for the very professional intro, Gachi. Um, <laughs> Someone has to be a professional around yeah, I'm here. I'm fucking not, so someone else has to bring it, you know? Um, yeah, so basically, the whole idea of this show, it all got delayed because I had to move house. Uh, fun. Um, but the whole idea, I was going to do this in August, and it was basically a combination of my birthday show and 10 years being a K-pop fan and kind of... It's uh, it's like the episode I did with Gachi here, uh, basically explaining five important songs over our time in K-pop. So that is what we're going to do today. And I know everybody is super interested to hear your story and how you got into K-pop and how you ended up being the man that runs the dungeon that we have here today. So mm. um, why, don't, why don't you give us give us the rundown? How did you get here? Okay. Um... <laughs> So my my time, I guess technically my time of like having ever seen K-pop starts before 2013, which is when I consider myself to have become a fan. Because in like 2012, I got a random fucking YouTube notification or suggestion or whatever that was FX Electric Shock. And I was like, what is this? Who the hell are these girls? Where are they from? I don't know anything about this. <laughs> but I just liked it. So uh, I was like into that. And like, I think the same year I got into like Perfume as well. Because uh, I heard their song Spring of Life and it was a banger. Um, and oh God, neither of them wow. did I know where like they were from or what they were or that there was a scene associated with them or anything. I just listened to those songs and like didn't know anything else about it. <laughs> and then like uh, a year later, I was at uni and my um, my good pal Charlie, uh, who is like the only person I still speak to from uni, <laughs> got me into K-pop because he was just listening to it a lot and enjoying it and was just sending me odd songs. And then eventually I heard Girls' Generation and it all just kind of stuck, you know? Interesting, interesting. I Perfume is a, song, is a name that I haven't heard in a very long time. <laughs> they, had a, they had a comeback like a month ago or something. It's pretty good. Did they? Oh my god, I have to look that up. It's a good one. It's called Moon. Enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I kind of... That's actually a good segue to my first um, song, right? Because... I was talking about Girls' Generation and how they kind of made it stick for me. Part of that is because me and Charlie were also getting into League of Legends at the time. Um, ah. That disease that we all supposedly thought was a game at one point. Um, but one of the characters in that is called Ari. She's a nine-tailed fox. 
and everybody in that game has a dance emote, and her dance emote is the dance to my first song, um, which is, of course, Girls' Generation's Run, Devil, Run. So, should we play that? Mm, take it away. This one's a good one. Okay, here we go. Run, devil, run. <laughs> T is asking if they ever did those harmonies live. What do you think? They're SNSD. They always did that shit live. <laughs> like, back in the day, they were even going crazy with their live performances. At least back in this day, like, once you got past, like, I don't know, Catch Me If You Can or whatever, it started dropping off. But 
Yeah, back in this day, it was a lot alive. I don't remember anything particularly outstanding. I'll have to look it up, though, because I do remember SM used to, like, make their groups lip sync the first week of their comeback performances, and then the ones after, they would start singing live. So I have to look up some performances for T. Yeah, there's some great ones back in the day. Uh, like, even, like, everybody remembers their Cater to You performance, right, on You Heal sketchbook. Oh, my God. God, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, you can always look up a sketchbook performance for the older groups, and they're usually on there singing something live. Yeah, but, um, yeah, back to the story. So Run Devil Run kind of was one of my main doors into K-pop because it was like it crossed over multiple interests of mine where, like, the song was good, and then also it was tangentially related to League of Legends, which was absorbing my life at the time. Um, so it kind of helped me with that. That also applies to their song Hoot. which is uh, Syndra from League of Legends Dance, who was my main character at the time. So that also helped. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was great. I Basically, at the start of my time in K-pop, my playlist consisted of the same like indie rock that I'd been listening to for years and then just a fucking shed load of Girls' Generation and like one song of like Bubble Pop and then like one or two FX songs, and that was kind of it. <laughs> like that was like, uh, yeah, my first uh, couple of months in K-pop were a bit like that. I just kind of deep dived on Girls' Generation. Like, good lord, there were so many good songs back then. Like, I was getting into like, I've oh. into all their Japanese yeah. stuff like flower power Razzi. great shit that they had back then it was like a treat <laughs> to have everybody, them as like my first real group everybody goes through that like snsd deep dive and it's fun to come in with and see a good group that has just like such a backlog that you can just sit there and binge i feel like you can't do that so much anymore but yeah they had 
incredible stuff. And you could just sit there for hours and just peel apart like all this stuff that they had put out. Yep, every time you like clicked on another one, you're like, surely that's the end of their singles now. And then there's still like 10 more. You just keep going. Like, it was amazing. They're all good. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all, all great songs. Like, <laughs> like, when am I going to stop adding stuff to the playlist? Because this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> that's what it was like with SNSD at the start, at least. Because, yeah, I think, I think the most recent song when I came in was I Got a Boy, which is my least favorite of their titles from back then. Um, oh yeah, same. Like, same. <laughs> yeah, there was so much like SNSD to explore back then. It really helped a lot. Um, and also, getting into SNSD then leads you on to the rest of SM, so it helps you kind mm. of get into that, which is what led me back to FX. And I was like, oh, I remember these girls. <laughs> and yeah, like um, I think by that time, uh, Rum Pum 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 was coming out as well, which I love. Absolutely adore that song, which kind of helped solidify them as one of my favorites. So that helped a lot. But yeah, just, um, yeah, the way you get into K pop back then was just like. Either someone recommends a song to you and it leads you on a rabbit hole, or YouTube recommends a song to you and it leads you on a rabbit hole. You just like <laughs> hours and days just disappear as you're just staring at YouTube. <laughs> like it was, it was wild back then. <laughs> Hell of a time. Yeah, because we got we got in at the same time, and so there was just so much good stuff in that era too. So you're going back to like. All of the old, like, the 2010s groups and all of, like, the big second gens that were out at that time. And it was just, like, truly a treat to deep dive into all of that stuff. Yeah, and also it's, like, the era where, like, um, <clears throat> like reactions to K-pop started really blowing up. So uh, mm-hmm. that was, like, definitely part of what helped me learn more about K-pop at the start, at least, was, like... I had like a few channels that I enjoyed and I would just like go through all of their videos being like, oh, this must be a big song then if they're watching it and then listen to that. And that leads me on another like <laughs> rabbit hole. It's just, uh, yeah, the first like few months of being a K-pop fan are just like this absolute whirlwind. It's just amazing. Like <laughs> you, could, you could literally spend every night for months like watching hours and hours and hours of K-pop and not run out at the start. It's, it is awesome i yeah i really miss those days it was great like even even now if i find like a new artist and i binge it doesn't last that long like whereas yeah back, back the then, shine it was wild like you you would just go from one group four hours of watching their stuff and then you're like oh why is it four in the morning <laughs> oh but i watch another group okay why is it now nine in the morning <laughs> like oh, what is God, happening yeah. <laughs> it was madness <laughs> oh it was incredible but yeah um I think at the start I found it, it's kind of ended up persisting throughout my time in K-pop, but I found it easier to get into girl groups than I did boy groups. Because at the start, at least, I definitely had like uh, some uh, toxic masculinity about me where I was just like, oh, they just look too too girly and like, oh, you know, why would I want to be 
were dressed up in makeup like that. Like I thought it was all really cringe. And then I, it took a while for me to really kind of find boy groups that I thought were actually good, you know, <laughs> as well. Because I also just thought the music wasn't as good. But looking back now, I'm like, nah, it was just as good. And um, yeah, I think I think it, it's yeah, it's definitely so interesting to hear from like obviously like a male perspective on how you know you've found k-pop and stuff like that and like i think a lot of people feel that way when they first get into it i think for me it was like the opposite i was like whoa look at these incredibly like you know androgynous men like this is awesome like like, completely the other side of the coin but you know we all come at it from different life paths, yeah. as it were <laughs> for me as a like painfully straight young guy it was like difficult looking at shit like tame him with his long hair and being like come on like i don't i don't need that you know <laughs> like like nowadays i'm like totally fine with it but yeah back in the day i just definitely had some hang-ups that i wasn't really cool with when it came to boy groups but um yeah there were definitely boy groups back then that got through that like i still like beast I still like Big Bang, all that stuff. So it was just, uh, yeah, difficult to find the ones that really I really vibed with in the same way that I did all the girl groups back then. But um, I suppose that could segue us to the next pick, right? Which is from a boy. Well, a man, honestly. Yeah, honestly, yeah calling him a boy is an insult, but you know, like, yeah, it's it's from a man. It's from a very sexy man by the name mm-hmm. of T O P. And it's, of course, his... Uh, I believe this is his technically his solo debut, right? He had, like... No, actually, no, he had Turn It Up, right? That was an official solo release. Yeah, he was doing a lot of GD Top stuff at the time, but oh, yeah. not too much of his own solo stuff. And that's definitely another part of what got me in, because I really liked GD and Top at the start. I loved oh, that album. My GD God. I, I remember watching I the, listened... like, the Don't Leave MV, like, a million times. I just I fucking it, yeah. loved that song. It was so good. <laughs> But yeah, oh, that was, um, yeah, it, it, it was like impossible to be around K-pop and not get into Big Bang back then. So uh, <laughs> of course I got into Big Bang and T.O.P. was my favorite. And then he came out with Doom Dada, which is what we're about to watch. Here we go. Shower. 
21세기 범상치 않은 Korean 마이크를 쥔 신들린 랩바스키야 오랜만에 입을 푼다 난 한국이면 끝나 널 미치게 하지만 나는 맑은 비누 누워 배가 녹아도 나 좋아 광란의 끝장을 봐요 다 그대로 이대로 또 새로운 세상을 봐요 복잡한 세상의 시끄러운 소리들 정말 넣고 퉁퉁퉁 거친 숨 핫핫 내쉬고 둠다다 디비다 가나다라마바사 아자차타 카파 하늘이 보아사 주위를 보고 듣는 느낌 난겁 없는 몸상가 도망가 안 도망가 너희 지금 물만 났어 고막을 씻기는 샤워 멈추지 않는 뜨거운 영혼 저 넓은 터전에서 우리 같이 춤춰요 멈추지 않는 뜨거운 영혼 Let's go! <laughs> Gonna be the Who doom doesn't da. love a little doom da da. Dibby da. <laughs> Gotta be done. Yeah, so so I put this as one of my most important songs because I think this like this song is definitely behind like me becoming more open to more genres of music and like mm-hmm. being less like being more accepting of just liking things than I used to be because I think like. When I was like a teenager, I was like exclusively into rock and metal, basically. And like, mm-hmm. I would like, if I liked anything else, like I, I would hear like a pop song and I thought it was good. Then I'd be like, nah, you don't like that. That's not rock. Like, <laughs> just this really toxic mindset. Like you can't like anything but this one thing. But like, um, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was bad. Like I would only like very, very specific things. And like, I'd tell myself I liked stuff just because it was like beloved in that genre, even if I don't like it. Like, I've come to accept I fucking hate Pink Floyd, right? They're like a beloved rock band, but I fucking hate everything yeah. they've done. I can't stand listening to them. They're so boring. But, like, as, as a teenager, I would pretend I liked them anyway and be like, oh, yeah, they're such an influential band when I would never wanted to listen to them at all. Like, <laughs> they're just, like, one. There's, like, plenty of these bands. But, like, yeah, it took, it took a long time for me to, like, actually open up to liking different things. And so, like, K-pop definitely played a part on its own just being like oh yeah i guess you like this like super poppy kind of cutesy-ish type of pop music and then t.o.p just like fucking kicked the door down and was like okay bitch you can like rap now all right (laughs) like it was just like this like awakening that i could suddenly enjoy hip-hop and like yeah like heavy instrumentals like this with just like intense bass and like <laughs> this guy just absolutely rapping his fucking ass off and yeah it was yeah 
really important. I think it's like mainly the reason I even like rap and R&B now traces back to this song because it kind of convinced me that, you know, that that's worth looking into. Yeah, yeah. Big Bang definitely has a way of like being universally, I think, opening up people to that kind of stuff because they just are very approachable in the sense, especially for like outside um, influences. I think that's why everybody's like first big boy group tends to a lot of the time be Big Bang because they're very approachable for, you know, like you said, like people who are only used to listening to like harder things or outside Western um, music type. So I think mm. that's really cool for them as a group. Yeah. And they were still like, um, like you say, they're approachable. They're like still kind of K-pop enough, you know, <laughs> even with yeah, all of the rap and all of the whatever else they do, like they still, they did a bit of everything back in the day. And like, yeah. definitely I liked some Big Bang songs back then. Like, I really liked Fantastic Baby. Wow, Fantastic Baby. Um, but, like, a lot, of, a lot of the Big Bang stuff didn't really click with me to start off with. Um, it took like um, GD and Top and then Top himself to just uh, really convince me, you know, <laughs> I guess. And uh, yeah, Doom Dada is like the first big rap song that I ever got into and was just like, oh my God, I've been missing out on this the whole time. This is amazing. <laughs> it was like unreal. It's like like pure like linguistic gymnastics to actually get half of these fucking lines out. It was absolutely mental that he could do any of it. <laughs> and also kind of helped knock away a bit at that fragile uh, toxic masculinity I had because here was this guy pulling off like like seven or eight different looks and looking fucking hot as hell in all of them like this this is a beautiful man like my god oh, yeah <laughs> like eye-openingly beautiful man like no matter what he's playing in this whether he's like with the like uh, center parting and a suit or he's like looking like a fucking like weird eccentric bank robber millionaire with his wine. Like, it's like any, all of them just work. He just like looks incredible and like convinced me that you can like, like this K-pop thing doesn't have to be like twinks in makeup, you know? Like there are like actually men here like doing man things that still look amazing and you know, they can be just as appealing, you know? I mean, not that we amazing. don't love some twinks and makeup, but that's a personal thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, Top is one of those guys, like, he just has that face. Like, there's very yeah. few people with that face that you can just pull off so many different looks and so many different styles and really just, like, an enigmatic presence mm. in the industry. He's just so good. And GD, is, in his own way, is that kind of way, too. But I think Top is a more, like, approachable entry point. Yeah. Also, just like in terms of pure like music, I just way preferred what Top did than what G did. GD did. Mm. Like I just I love his style of rap, and I think his voice is like so cool. Like I really was super into that. I guess because it was like more stereotypically manly, but I just I just like that. You know, I don't know why. It just it just does it for me. I just uh, I think it's yeah. so cool. I was definitely more of a GD um, at the beginning, but I think. To be honest, they just can't be beat together because mm. they, I think they really blueprinted the, you know, high tone rap, low tone rap, like combo. And yeah. they really worked so well off of each other. 
yeah, no one's done it better since. Like, GD and Top Stuff, if you haven't heard it, because I think probably that probably we're getting to the point in K-pop that there's plenty of people that haven't heard that album now, but definitely go and listen to that album. It's, like, really, really good. They they oh, they bring God. up the best in each other so much. It's awesome. But, um, yeah, I, I was super into it. And, like, T.O.P. also, like, helped kind of change my view of, like, stars, I guess, because, like, most of, um like, at the time... The whole reason I got into K-pop was because I was just fucking sick of the Western mainstream. Like, everything about it was just fucking repulsive at this time. It was like, mm-hmm. all the music was just like, you know, forced fun club music uh, with like, just appallingly bad lyrics. Like, it just, it was exhausting to listen to any of it. I hated it. And like, um, all of the megastars over here were just like dickheads. Like it was like Pitbull and like fucking Justin Bieber, oh, all yeah. these fucking people that I just couldn't stand. Like like Lil Wayne, all these I just hated all of them. I thought they were all complete twats. And then here I was in this new scene with this guy that looked like an absolute megastar, and I actually liked him and was like, oh my god, you can actually be popular and not be a piece of shit. That's great. <laughs> really, uh, really amazed me. But um, yeah, T- Top definitely huge impact on me. <laughs> big fan of him big impact on the industry i wish he would make music again but yeah <laughs> I'll I think he's more into collecting we'll furniture in... these days and yeah, going to space weird <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that he's got the weirdest arc hasn't he <laughs> like uh, yeah that's like megastar. squid game and space <laughs> yeah megastar like intense depression time off come back Squid Game space. <laughs> like, so weird. But uh, yeah, we love you, T.O.P. I hope to hear him make some music at some point, but I wouldn't really bet on it. I think he's kind of over it now. But um, yeah, yeah I, guess, uh, I guess that leads us to the next uh, moving on point, which brings us kind of neatly into 2014, which is the first year I was like fully in rabbit hole mode, like all the time, just every day I was discovering more stuff. And like uh, just finding all these new groups and all these, uh, and also like when when I started in K- like looking at K-pop stuff, um, when stuff came out had absolutely no impact on me whatsoever. Like I would treat a, a song from 2011 the same as one that came out last week back then. Like I just, yeah. they're all just good songs. Like I didn't really give a shit when they came out. So a lot of the time, like what I was listening to back then, it was hard to really place. Like that's why I always used to struggle when people would be like, "Oh, what was your first big comeback?" or like. Oh, you know, what was the first um, group you really anticipated or whatever? And I'm like, well, I don't really know because I was just kind of looking at everything <laughs> at the same time. Um, but yeah, the 20, 2014 uh, definitely brought about a change in the girl groups. And um, it's signified by this next one. <laughs> this is going to be a long Boy. section. Everybody cover your eyes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it's, of course, Stella's Marionette. Yeah. 
Yes, we're probably going to have a lot to unpack with this one. <laughs> yeah, we were saying it in the DMs. I was like, oh, this was an error. <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> yeah, so this, um, I, I looked back. Um, I had to, like, while I was trying to come up with this, because, like, my memories play tricks on me sometimes, and I, like, misremember how things happened. So I looked at my playlist to be like, what did I add first? And this was the first of the, like, sexy concept songs that I added. So uh, I have to assume this is what brought me in, and I got brought in at the apex of how ridiculous it would get. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got the itchy butt dance here. You got the boob windows and the, like, tracing your boobs with your hands thing that's a bit weird. The milk dripping down the boob, like, everything. Just, just all of the, like, every sexy bingo card ticked, you know. Like, <laughs> everything you could ever imagine. Uh, and of course, as like a horny teenager, that was all I wanted. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I'm better than this. You know, when I was that young, I was well in uh, because I didn't know how fucked up all of K-pop was yet. <laughs> so I was just like, mm -hmm. oh man, sexy women. It's a great song. Hell yeah. And then obviously like, yeah, that became clear. It wasn't such a great thing. Not so long after that. But um, at the time, it was like, wow, look at this. This is amazing. And it kind of started me off on a journey of that whole concept, which, like, that's, like, my favorite era of K-pop, probably. Because, like, those songs are just ridiculously good. All of the sexy girl group songs are just crazy good. Like, yeah, this brought me onto so many things. Like, you know, that's the era of, like, after-school flashback. Back. 
like girls day like um uh expect me And like, uh, yeah, like something, all that kind of thing. Guyin was like one of my favorites of that time. Secret were doing like Poison. You know, Sister were there, Rainbow, like, so many amazing groups doing, like, amazing songs in that concept. So, like, although most of those, like, music videos are kind of difficult to watch now, good God, those songs are just so good. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. like, the peak of girl group songs. Like, yes, we didn't need these concepts, but those songs were incredible. That's the only reason I'm ever, like, willing Sexy Concept to come back, because the songs are just so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this when we did my episode, but yeah, like, just the extreme lack of, like, grown women nowadays. Mm. But, I mean, in the sense, it's also, it was a weird dichotomy, like, coming in as a woman and seeing women displayed in this manner to the background of, like, one of the most incredible songs, like, you know, yeah. I just watched Stellar's, Stellar's Vibrato. It's hard watching women like in that imagery and in, mm. you know, those positions while like loving the song. And then like Brian said in chat, like the girls meet like coming out later on in their careers and being like, we didn't want to do this. Yeah. Um, we were kind of forced into this like, you know, concept and it's it's tough. And I think, you know, with these kinds of concepts there are ways that it comes off, I think, a little bit better. Like like you said, after school's flashback and mm. some of the girls' day stuff and Sistar. I think more of just like at least the illusion of agency and the styling and the ways that you can make things sexy while still not being like poor stellar, like objectified in a way that makes you feel kind of icky. Yeah. I mean, even the like sense? big mainstream stuff at this point was like kind of leaning towards uh, sexy, but like way less over the top than this was. Like, Channel yeah. was doing that kind of thing, but it wasn't nearly as like, like, like <laughs> let's punch you in the face with this concept as it is in this. 
And some of the stuff I'm like, we get it, like they're sexy and they look great and everything, but I just don't see how some of these moves. Yeah, they're really awkward moves. You can can get the hottest girl in the world, but if she's like bending over and like scratching her butt, it like, (laughs) I don't get it. It's not sexy to me, but you know. Uh, and they're like they're like arms behind the back like break your back doing butt twirls is a bit like ridiculous as well when you look back on it yeah oh yeah Uh, and they're like cutting out a boob window just never gonna make sense with these outfits (laughs) but yeah um it definitely um yeah the choreo is terrible the concept is terrible but the song is fucking incredible. Like it's so good. This is—I think this is the first Sweet Tune song I actually heard. And um, really, oh wow! Yeah, let me on a journey. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, because this is like this song is way too good for what it got given. But like, yeah, mm. it's it's amazing. It it is Sweet Tune. Yeah, um, like Stella had like a bunch of other stuff as well at the time that was nothing like this at all like this was just like a Hail Mary whatever this song was like because they had a song like on the it was put on the same album I think it came out like a few months before or whatever called Study which is like this really cute little song that's like really, really good. And then <laughs> then it came out with this. The one was like, what happened? <laughs> but it, um, at the time it worked because it got tons of views and like tons of people were talking about them, um, like for good or bad. But um, <laughs> a lot of those groups did that at the time. Like they were doing a lot cuter concepts and then like AOA yeah. talked about like they did more doing something completely different and then just yeah. like we're then like confused okay hang on out. let's throw out mini skirt and confused and that's like what took off yeah I mean they were all doing it like look at rainbow like <laughs> they'd done like tell me tell me which is the most adorable song ever and then they're like right we need a sexy subunit rainbow blacks cha-cha time let's go Like, it's just, like, everyone was like... Oh, that song is so good, though. The the songs are so good. Like, why does it have to be married to, like, the most uncomfortable concept in K-pop? It's so sad. These songs are incredible that got given the sexy concept, but, like, the concept just has aged like milk. You know? (laughs) Like, it was... uh, Yeah. Yeah, the songs were just unbelievable, though. It was, like, the peak of... of, uh, 
music quality for me because just this was the era where like everything that came out i was just like man this is great this is amazing i love everything like every week i was buying more songs because it was the era where you weren't streaming you were just buying like <laughs> got like a oh, yeah, like you had to buy or illegally download <laughs> yeah it was when i was building an itunes library of all these girl group songs that were just unreal just incredible songs yeah it was uh it was a hell of an era <laughs> it like um yeah, this this era kind of brought me to like loads of the things I love because this introduced me to Sweet Tune, and then obviously that's the year that Brave Sound starts working with everybody, and I suddenly realized yeah. that Brave Sound are incredible, which is also helped by me like starting listening to Twick that year. So like, yeah, 2014 was like the most important year probably in me being a K-pop fan because I feel like I just went from like, yeah, I like this to like, okay, I know I need to know like everything about this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. I was yeah. just like, yeah, studying everything about it basically, and like, just every day or two was like, I'm discovering more amazing stuff. I just wanted to know more, you know. <laughs> like, everything was just, yeah, it was taken over my life at that point. It was great. <laughs> it was a hell of an hey, era. You can't really beat K-pop from like 2012 to like 2015, 2016. I know we always say that, but it yeah. was true. <laughs> yeah, for me, peak era is 2011 to 2015. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, 2014 is remembered as like like at the time we were calling it the K-popalypse because so many bad things were happening. Like that's the year that that awful car crash happened with Ladies Code. Oh yeah, with Ladies Code, yeah. And yeah, just things were going wrong. People were like disbanding. Ladies Code car crash. It was all going terribly. But the music was unbelievable that year. It was so good. It was such a strong year. And so as much as it was doom and gloom, like with everything bad that was happening that year, God, the quality was like so high. It was just crazy. Like I don't think we've ever got back to that level, but it was it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, 2014, that was like when like everybody was leaving exo and like sully left fx you know yeah sully left stuff. fx all the contract negotiation bullshit yeah mm. damn people disbanding all forget. that shit it was all like doom and gloom because it was like the start of the end of second gen but um mm-hmm. yeah the music was just so good that none of us really cared yeah tsbap lawsuit that year yeah, it was a heck of a year, but uh, looking back, I miss it. <laughs> as bad as that year supposedly was, it was fucking incredible for the music. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, yeah, that kind of segues us off, because that year, like, yeah, set in stone what I was going to be looking for, which was, like, amazing girl group songs like this. I was just like, yeah, I've ended up becoming, like, a really big fan of Stella off of the strength of this song, and then Vibrato was great, Sting was great, you know, all that stuff was amazing. And, uh, yeah, I was, like, constantly on the lookout for great girl group songs. And um, I guess we're now going to jump forward a few years on our journey. (laughs) And uh, we're jumping forward to 2017 now, um, because the years after this were just, like, I'm listening to Twick as as much as it comes out. I'm learning as much as I can. I'm looking at everything, trying to uncover everything. And in 2017, I sign up for a program at the Korean Cultural Center in London. And uh, I meet some of my really good friends there, um, who we later ended up being called the Bubble Tea Squad, if anyone remembers that. (laughs) Um, And uh, this next song is the song that signifies that whole time for me. And it is Winners Really Really. Here we go.
really 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 liked that song <laughs> i can see why it is a good one yeah it's definitely one of the peak winner tracks of that time yeah definitely yeah like between um like the sexy era and this era i'm like enjoying the last dregs of what we would get from fx <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I, I got to see them for like a brief set live which you know i'm glad i did because yeah they didn't last long after that that was like just before four walls came out they did that set i think but um yeah it was a hell of a time and then like it was just a whole lot of growing up to do in that year or two because it was like i finished uni i had to try and find a job and like <laughs> and then i had to move get used to where i live now and like you know get used to adult life so it was kind of I was still really into K-pop, but it was kind of not the most important thing, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It was a transitionary period for sure. Yeah. So 2017 is when I really started kind of finding my stride where I live and like getting back into trying to find cool things to do. And one of those was this uh, amazing program called K-pop Academy, 
at the uh, Korean Cultural Center UK in London. Um, it's like it's like an eight week I think course where like each week you're doing a different uh, like Korean culture oriented activity. So like one week you're learning about the Korean War, the next week you're doing like calligraphy. <laughs> the next week you're like um learning a dance or you're um learning about like the ins and outs of korean entertainment which is like when i started getting interested in like the whole companies and politics and all that shit that they do and like <laughs> yeah just each week you're learning something else cool to do so it's it's like a really cool program and it's free as well like that's the craziest thing it's this free program really interesting you do all of these amazing things and get all of these awesome experiences and meet a bunch of really cool people and all you have to do is pay to get there, you know? <laughs> like, it was it was awesome. It was a hell of a time. So, um, yeah, my cohort started in, I think, kind of mid to late 2017, and then we carried on to the end of 20, 2017. But, yeah, it was, um, it was a hell of a time. I met some really good friends there that I'm still, like, very close with now, which is uh, obviously the people you've seen on my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is uh, the, the GOAT. Ildi, you know, my, my good buddy, who is now a mother and living in Hungary, which is uh, Aww, you know, awesome. Well in Ildi, we're all very happy for you. And uh, of course, Zozo, who you see on, on the YouTube as well. I think I've probably shared a few of her covers. She's a cracking singer. Also is now engaged and going to be potentially moving to America. So, you know, great things are happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're at like, that um, age, man. We're at that we age. are, yeah. Yeah, where all my friends are moving countries and I now can't see them anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I met some awesome people at that that um, program and it kind of helped, like, form the foundation of what I would end up doing for the next few years as well. Because, like... That's the first time I ever did a dance class was at K-pop Academy, and it was for this song, really, really. <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, kind of. This song ended up becoming like our class song, basically, while we were at K-pop Academy, and it was just like, like we would just all start doing the moves. It was like a shorthand for like, <laughs> whenever we'd meet up, we just all start doing the moves or whatever. <laughs> it was just awesome. Remember when but. we first met you? Like when we first like started talking in like Twick and stuff, you would always mention that you were doing dance classes and things yeah. like that. So that was not long after this then, yeah? Yeah, back on back on Slack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those days. Yeah, that was, that was another thing that was going on at the time because I, I think I was like posting about it on there to try and convince myself to keep going because I'm a very like uh, antisocial and nervous person. So it was quite difficult for me to like open up to these types of things. But yeah, I was kind of like trying to make myself have some kind of responsibility by talking about it on Slack to people to be like, well, now I can't chicken out of going because I said I'm going. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I had to do something. But um, yeah, it commit. was it was great. I was it was just yeah, such a fun uh, program. Like yeah, doing the dance and like it was just good to like um, we kind of all it was like one of those really like good classes or cohorts of something where like everyone just kind of cheers each other on. So um yeah. It's really really helpful for like all of us getting out of our shell. Like um <laughs> the people that run the um program are just like really nice people that volunteer and just passionate about this stuff. And they were like, "Oh yeah, we love your cohort because you actually all talk to each other." <laughs> like we were like one of the most talkative ones they've ever had because we all like met up outside of the classes and like did stuff together. Like I think partway through it we all went for like a Korean like uh karaoke night somewhere <laughs> like, we were just like having fun with it you know and um we'd go to the session and everyone would be having chats and like 
having a great time doing whatever we were doing, like whether it was like beating each other up in Taekwondo or like cooking or whatever else we were doing. It was just a, a really good time. And yeah, um, yeah, really, really is is the signifier of that year, <laughs> 100%. I think I probably gave it number one that year, I would imagine, on my list because it was just like, it was such a signifier of like such a good time I'd had, you know? Hell Crazy, yeah, because I was looking at the the releases for 2017 and there are some heavy hitters in this year, man. So mm-hmm. that is definitely a very, a very high mark for yeah. the winner. It's also like an era where like my tastes start diverging a bit, where I start getting more into like R&B. Because this is like mm-hmm. right when uh, Dean had started releasing all of those unbelievable songs. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, and like I was... <laughs> I was obviously into Twix, so I was into Sani as well, because he was releasing Unreal songs around that time too. He was just popping off. Like there was just and Twix was <laughs> great stuff. Twix was really good for Twix was really good for that, you know, like introducing all of us to R and B and yeah. K hip hop that none of us would have probably found otherwise. Yeah, definitely. I think I think definitely plenty of us in the community can thank Stephen and Josh for us even getting into R and B at all. Because like <laughs> they're the only reason I really heard about it, and then from them introducing yeah. stuff to us, I would like look up more stuff by that artist or whatever, and finally realize I liked people. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a really interesting time musically actually, twenty seventeen. Because like I feel like pop was like on the wane a little bit. Like it was doing well, and it was the year of Tropical House, so. You know, a great year if you like Tropical House, not so great if you don't like, if you like anything else. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, an interesting time. And then, obviously, we all started... I feel like it's also 2016, 2017 is where, like, R&B started popping the fuck off, I feel like. Yeah, that was definitely... And I think guys like Dean had a really big influence on that. And, like, Zico yeah. started doing way more solo stuff. And, Dean, Crush, uh, Zico, Beanzino, all those people were, like, just going crazy. Yeah, Zion T, all those dudes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really good years for them. And um, that kind of takes us along a little bit towards the next one, which is uh, the most personal pick and the final pick of my top five. Um, it's, um, I guess, kind of R&B adjacent, I'd say. Um, but it's um, it's my favorite artist, you know? <laughs> uh, I know, I knew we weren't, we had to get one in here. You had to get one in here, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people I've left out that I love because these are important songs, not my favorite songs. Uh, but yeah, this is the most important song for me in Korean music, um, and it is Epic High's "Home Is Far Away" featuring Ohyuk. So here we go. Yeah, 
여태까지 말 인생 내게 요구되는 건늘 높게 뻗은 두 손보다 조금 위 세상의 눈높이 갈수록 Everest 정상을 향할수록 산더미만 되는 스트레스 I know I can never rest 내가 가진 불만들을 잠재워 줄수면 잰 없으니 혀를 물고 밤새워 어릴 적줄 서는 것부터 가르쳐준 이유 이젠 서명해졌어 복잡한 인간관계 그 자체가 역설 관계만 있고 인간이 낄 틈이 하나 없어 평범해지는 게 두려워서 꾸던 꿈 이젠 평범한 게 부럽군 As I stand all alone in the rain 잘하지 않으면 성장통도 그저 pain 갈 길이 먼데 빈 차가운데 비가 올것 같은데 젖은 갈수록 두려워 뛰고 있지만 뭘 위해서였는지 이젠 두 발과 심장 그저 짐이 되어버린 꿈 두고 달리는 게 내게 유일한 희망 한 걸음만 더 때려 부추기네 고개 들었더니 아픈 낭 떨어진대 뒤를 보니 길게줄서 많은 기대가 날 지탱하는 척하며 등을 떠미네 언젠가 찍고 싶었던 맘의 쉼표가 숫자들 사이 뒤엉킨 이상 계산적인 이 세상에 들이미는 손 잡기 싫지만 빈손 되는 게더 겁이 나 붙잡아도 갈길 가는 게 시간뿐이겠어 먹구름낀 하늘을 보며 한때 나도 꿈이라는 게 있었는데 오늘 밤은 잠들기도 어렵네 잠시 멈춰주면 안 될까요 더는 걷기가 힘든 바람이 불고 아직도 갈 길이 멀대 차가운네 비가 올것 같은데 처지놓게 하늘의 무게 잠시 내려놓고 싶어 Home is far so far away incredible song so good just the best
Yeah, no other song has meant as much to me as this song ever. So <laughs> this is like the most personal pick you're ever going to get. And like, yeah, this is this is a song that's got me through an awful lot. So <laughs> I have nothing but thanks for it, you know. It's such a beautiful song. It's like, yeah, just... When, you, when I explain to people that the most beautiful song I know is by like a three-piece hip-hop group from Korea, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, yeah, just a perfect song, in my opinion. There's no way they could improve it. It's just brilliant. I mean, Epic High has amazing ways to tell stories and to really, you know, resonate with whatever you happen to be going through at that time. Mm. And I know we talked a lot about comfort groups in my episode as well, but I think they have a lot of songs that you can really connect with on like a personal level for sure. Yeah. And um, when they were making the Epic High is Here albums, they put out this like, uh, see this like um documentary series of like the making of it and um i can't remember i think it was tableau was talking about um sometimes they they would rather make songs that someone is going to need at some point rather than a song they want to make and uh mm-hmm. yeah this this song is the song i needed and so like yeah that philosophy like has has uh yeah really really hit me when they were making that that uh, documentary series that yeah they really do make songs you actually just need sometimes so <laughs> we need we need artists like Epic High you know there's songs like um there's songs like my therapist you know like if I need oh, to yeah. cry I'll just go to it and be like okay I can cry now I'm listening to Home Is Far Away you know it's what it's all about and then other times I'll I'll listen to it and feel weirdly hopeful about my like situation or whatever it just uh it provokes like so many different reactions for me this song. And it's just, yeah, it's never boring. It never, I never get tired of it. It's just such an extraordinary song. And like, <laughs> everything about it is just amazing. Like, uh, I had I had the um, subtitles on for the music video because I think it's important people know what it's about. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're talking about like this mounting stress and feeling like they've got too many um, like responsibilities and that they're just kind of stagnant in life because they can't do the things they want to do because there's so many responsibilities and everything's just weighing them down. And like, uh, uh, Tableau has this line about like, um, if you're not growing, then growing pains are just pain. And like, it's, it hit home for me because I felt like I was just stagnant in life at one point. Like, um, I, I started working as like a receptionist, basically at an x-ray unit. It was just going nowhere. Like it was, I had to do a, a late night or a late shift once a week, and the rest of the time I was work, working normal. So it was fucking with my like sleep schedule, and like every time another job came came up in the department that I thought I'd be perfect for, they just wouldn't even tell you when they advertised it. And I just was like, "Fuck this, man! I'm just sick of this." And like, <laughs> yeah, I was, it just felt like I wasn't I was going nowhere. So this this song really like, yeah, hit home for me big time then, and so like I. I move on in life and get different jobs and things. And one of them, I was getting treated pretty badly by my boss and really not enjoying it. And again, I come to this song and I'm like, yeah, I can't walk any longer. Can someone give me a lift? I need some help, you know? <laughs> and like, <laughs> it's, it's still hitting home. And um, yeah. And then other times when I've just landed a job and I'm like out for a walk, basking in the glory, I put this on. I'm like, yeah, I finally fucking made it. You know, <laughs> like, it just applies in so many different situations in my life that it's just, yeah, no other song is anywhere near as important to me as this one. It's it's the song. <laughs> uh, 
And like, uh, again, yeah. I got to thank, um, I was talking about him earlier, Charlie, my friend from uni, because he introduced me to Epic High. Um, <laughs> he got me into them when they released Shoebox, the album, which is an amazing oh, album, by the album. way. Everybody great album, album, yes. I mean, you you can pick like basically any Epic High album and be like, damn, great album. But yeah, that was, uh, that was my in. And then I actually was like a little bit distant um, from them when this album came out. And then I heard this song like a year after I think it came out. Um, it it was just I was just like okay I have to listen to the album now because this is unbelievable <laughs> like how how can anyone make a song this good and yeah the album's absolutely fantastic like it's got so many amazing amazing songs on it it's got like it's got uh, me and my friend's favorite like joke hard man song no thanks because I am Groot motherfucker uh, you gotta love that one uh, when he's like talking about how he's Groot <laughs> uh, it's got a love story with IU just one of the best songs ever You know, like, Here Come the Regrets with Lehigh, another one that hits home for a lot of people. Bleed. What doesn't kill me only makes me bloody, so I just bleed on this great beam. Spit another sixteen on the crush to me. My motor chair will join the band as she had got to me. It goes on and on. Only makes me bloody, so I just bleed on this great beam. Spit another sixteen on the crush to me. My motor chair will join the band as she had got to me. It goes on and on. You want me dead, then I'll then I'll just bleed. Then we'll get back, then I'm better. I'm One of the best songs that they do live, incredible. It's just like so many amazing songs on the album. Um, but yeah, this this oh, yeah. one came came late for me, <laughs> and, uh, and then like it was it was because of this song that I became that they became my favorite artist. But yeah, they were um yeah by far my favorite artist these days. <sighs> and yeah, um, since then it's like kind of been like things look up, things look down, you know. I'm I'm always looking for new stuff, so since then I found more kind of uh, R&B and jazz style artists, which probably they have some say in because some of their stuff leans that way. It's probably partly why I like Samuel So these days and Summer Cake, people like that. You know, there's plenty of stuff I like these days, but I think uh, the optimism is kind of 
way lower than it used to be like uh in those halcyon days of 2014 <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i'm not as as excited as i used to be and i know some it probably gets some of you down that all the time you'll bring a song on that you like and i'm like oh that's just nowhere near is it <laughs> i'm just always unimpressed with things it's because songs like this exist like anything's gonna be a disappointment after home is far away like come on um yeah it's because you really get we got attached in like an era that was that it's hard to uh, kind of adjust your expectations f- to keep enjoying like the output of yeah. what is happening these days i think um the the thing for me that made it really um difficult to enjoy k-pop as much as i used to is that um groups would like disband or disappear for a long time and then like mm-hmm. that um label would bring out a new group and they would be absolutely nowhere near as good as the one that i loved <laughs> like that's why i had like a grudge against red velvet for years because they just weren't remotely close to as good as fx and we lost fx for them <laughs> you know <laughs> like i was really oh, angry about yeah. it and the, you know look at yg i liked big bang and then what do they come out with bunch of old shit you know <laughs> like you know winner and icon have their moments but they ain't big bang you know yeah and er- everywhere i would look there would be another like artist disbanding that i loved and then they would be replaced by a far superior or far inferior sorry uh like new act that i just didn't think were remotely close to as good which is why i'm so pessimistic about things because like yeah you just i know we have like a bunch of newer labels now that are trying to debut new stuff but a lot of them just feel like an imitation of something that i used to love you know it's why i'm so hard on triple s because they're just lunar but younger and less talented like (laughs) it's like the it's i'm always i'm always comparing i think because i've seen so much over these years in k-pop like all those rabbit holes uh, i've got all of that to compare to with all the new stuff so a lot of stuff just comes out being disappointing yeah and i think it's just it's hard because like at some point you kind of just have to like let that go Mm. like i'm kind of in an era of my k-pop standing where it's like just let it go and i just listen to things if i like it i like it if i don't i don't but like i'm just in an era of my life where i need to just find joy where i can find it and like not overthink things as much as i used to yeah i'm with you on that that's like i'm i'm trying to stop doing so much comparing because it's just not good but um i think that like it's just part of me now i can't really stop like yeah I'll, i'll try and assess things for what they are but i'll still like consciously like whenever i'm listening to a song i'll be like man this really sounds like this group or oh this really sounds a lot like this song i can't i can't turn that switch off in my brain for some reason but um i try to enjoy things for what they are but i think i've just like experience too much of the genre now that i can't really (laughs) nothing seems original anymore which is why whenever something does seem like genuinely new and interesting i get like really excited by it which is why i was like super all in on like uh samuel so and summer cake Mm -hmm. and 50 50 god rest their souls Uh, (laughs) because they just seemed like nothing like anything else and that's really rare to find now unless they're making something that's like really like nothing else because it just sounds awful so like yeah I, I get genuinely very excited when i find something that seems new but it's really rare these days so yeah um, i definitely feel you on that yeah i think it's why a lot of my like newer favorite artists are not in the realm of 
like normal idle pop because I feel like that's already peaked now. I just have to look elsewhere for like new thrills. Which is why I'm so into soloists and like R and B people and you know all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean the the future's there for K-pop. I just I don't know. It, every time I think about like what I want it to do going forwards, it's 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 always something that I just know they're not going to do. So <laughs> it's hard for me to get yeah. that excited, you know. Like I'd love if we have like a resurgence of natural vocals, but that's never going to happen. Like as we go further into the age of AI, things are just going to get more and more like fucked with, and we're going to have even less live vocals, and even less people will be even less trained when they debut. <laughs> which is uh, eventually think... like we're already seeing like whole groups that are just AI now. So yeah. it's like, ugh. and like yeah, I just I I every time I look at where K-pop's going, I feel like it's just taking a wrong turn. Like I look at groups like I'm sorry to, to pick on them, but Triple S. And I'm like, why did you not train these girls for a good time? None of them can sing. Like, <laughs> just, I'm so disappointed because of the groups that were there in my era, and they were all like so complete. You know, you'd, you'd look at a group like a Bestie or a Fiesta or or like um, who else? Like a like an After School, and they're so complete. They have people who are amazing at each thing, and people who are good all rounders. And now I feel like. There's just like nobody good in half these groups, or like the people that are supposed to be the main something are like worse than the lead something would have been like five years ago. I'm just yeah kind of disappointed by the lack of skill. And yeah, it's worth saying Dahyun can sing. That's one out of like twenty something girls. It's not enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you need more than that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. It's it's why I'm disappointed all the time. But there's there's still stuff that piques my interest, and I'm still very excited when it does. It's just having looked at so much, it's difficult to find anything new feeling anymore. Like I've I've had so many different methods of finding new stuff over the years as well. Like I'd have I had like my era when I was watching all the reactors to try and find new stuff, and then I had like Twick obviously helping me find new stuff. There was uh, there was like a couple of years where does anyone else remember? I think he still does stuff, but a YouTuber called Dare DB. Uh, he like makes like all these. Uh, he used to make all these countdown videos of like um, uh, like like themed countdowns of like oh underrated songs or like songs about this or uh, songs involving this. Oh. And I would find loads of really cool stuff from it that I never knew about. Like. I discovered um, that's how I found Boyfriend's Janus, which was like my favorite K-pop song for years and years and years. And like oh, uh, R.I.P. boyfriend. <laughs> how I found my my swear jar song DGNA's Rilligo.
you know <laughs> like that's the only reason i know that song is because of daddy b surprised and, it wasn't one of your picks honestly <laughs> yeah i think everybody expected me to pick real ago but uh <laughs> it's just a song i like a lot i don't think it's an important song to me it's just really fun you know um yeah, yeah. daddy b has like led me to a bunch of stuff i think he's probably part of the reason i like cross gene like a decent part of the reason i know that fucking um Oh, what the hell? That um, Supernova song, She's Gone. Absolutely loved that. That kept popping up on his videos. Like yeah, there's um, it's interesting where you find stuff, but yeah, I think I think I kind of after I'd had my era of like liking everything and uh, like just endlessly in rabbit holes, I was looking for more obscure stuff, which is why I went to like Daddy B and Twick and like just started listening to everything. And I think once I started doing that, I kind of shot myself in the foot because I just seen too much good stuff, and so <laughs> it's 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 again hard to find things that live up to it. But we we get there occasionally. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that's probably as good as you're going to get for my journey. <laughs> the journey that will continue, because we will find more things yeah, eventually. I will, I will have to listen to 10 Stray Kids and NCT songs until I find something I like. Hey, sometimes you got to stick in for the long haul. Sometimes you got to stick through a sticker and an AO, and then you get a fact check. So, and then you know. Sometimes you get yourself a backy, 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 backy. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. I've, uh, I've pissed off Gachi, guys. <laughs> She's just ghosting me now. She refuses to be baggy. My Discord said, let this man. But yeah, we'll continue. We'll continue trudging through the sludge that is modern K-pop to find those gems. We'll do more of these if other people want to share their stories, but um, that's probably the best you're going to get out of me within five songs. I could have had like 20 songs on this and still not have felt like I'd completed it, but this is the best did I you could have, do. Did you have any like... What like did you have any like backups or did you have like oh, a six tons, or seven? A tons of backups. that you want to shout out. <laughs> uh, well, the last one that I cut was AOA's uh, short hair. which is like um, the song I think about when I think of Brave Sound and of that era, because it was just like, it's just like the most incredibly well-constructed uh, Brave Sound song ever. Like, it's just, I, I could, I, I've said this when I, when I um, watched it on Bubble Tea Squad as well with Ildi. Like, I could, I could easily make like an essay or like a long video pointing out every interesting thing they do 
with production on that song and like all the little ad libs because there's so many that he adds in there and for some reason they all work like it's just an unbelievable song but um yeah that was the last one I well, that was that was that era of like the three big like aoa songs right um yeah it was it was that year it was like um mini skirt Then short hair, then like a cat. just unreal year i was like i was like the biggest aoa fan at that point it was unbelievable that year oh everybody was at that year man that you had to be the song was just banger after banger it was so good so 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 good but um yeah that was the last one i cut i had like um a bunch of other stuff on there i I deleted them from the document so i can't like go back and relay onto them but there was like there was obviously there was fx electric shocks as my first song and ended up coming back to it and still loving it. And there was like um, stuff like Mighty Mouth, Nice to Meet You. Because uh, that's like my <laughs> ultimate summer song. When it's summer and the sun comes out, I'm like, right, nice to meet you. Here we go. Let's play that. It's it's a good day. <laughs> like every year, it comes back in the same way that Cherry Blossom ending comes back in Korea on in every year spring. <laughs> Every time it's summer, I play Nice to Meet You. Um, and I love it. But um, yeah, there was loads of stuff on there. There was like, um, I'm trying to think, there was like, uh, there'd be like some Xinhua Venus was on there. It's <laughs> like so many oh, songs I could have talked about. That's a group. Yeah, that is yeah. a group. Hell of a group. Yeah, it was a there was a bunch. It was like Infinite, obviously, because we all love Infinite. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, there was there was a load of stuff I could have put on here. But this these were the ones that most succinctly let me tell like the story of my time in this. So <laughs> this is the best I could do to actually like tell you something rather than go, I like this one. I like this one too, you know? <laughs> like it's more interesting if you hear learn a little bit about good. my life, you know? <laughs> I yeah. felt like you know, I could I could have like done a like several hundred songs long list of things I thought were good, but these were the most like significant, I think. Yeah, five does make it really hard. I wonder if I should increase it for people or if five is good. Because I don't know. But, it is um, a solid number. I think we all kind of throw in extra songs in there as we're talking through sections. Yeah. So I think it works. I think five is good because you have to really think about the ones that are genuinely important to you. So instead yeah. of like, like, although, like, you would look at my list of five and very, there's like maybe, I mean, how many of these would actually be in my all time? Definitely, oh, home as far away is there, yeah. and then maybe run, devil run, and yeah, maybe marionette. I don't know. It's like not. It's not like it's not about what your favorite songs are. It's about the ones that were most important to you. That's what I always yeah. It's about this the being. ones that mean something. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the ones that you're like, oh yeah, when I put it on, I love it. It's more like shit. This really helped me, or like you know. This this was like significant because of this part of my life or something. I felt like that was more in- interesting, but I don't know. That's that's the best I could do, and uh, yeah, that's my story, I guess. <laughs> Bring it with us. I mean, I think everybody was very interested to kind of to kind of. I think like I Discord said before, is murdering you. I know Discord is <laughs> giving me a bunch of shit today. Yeah. I'm so sorry. At least it's a day when you're doing more of the talking, so true, <laughs> it's true. not too bad. It's it's all good. But yeah, I um yeah, I wanted it to be important songs and telling a story. Uh and also like I felt like the five that I chose also bring you up to the point where you then heard me on the show or had me in the Discord or whatever, so it's like you don't really miss much. Because although mine ends like years ago uh, with Home is Far Away. Kind of, you don't miss much because you've you've basically had me since 2020, right? Since he started doing Stan K-pop, so yeah, brings you as up to date as you're gonna get in five songs. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's the yeah, end. Of the thank episode. you for sharing your story with us. We appreciate it, and I'm glad I could be here, even through shitty Discord, to <laughs> you know hear your story and share it with everybody. Yeah, thank you for being, like, the best co-host that anyone could ever ask for. So, <laughs> you know, big applause for Gachi. I think you killed it. Um, but yeah, I thank guess... Thank you. I'm tried. I didn't want to cut in too much because it's not about me. It's about you. But, you know, mm. I'm here to hype you up and give the ahas and the yas and <laughs> make sure everybody's... <laughs> yeah. If anyone has, like, questions, by the way, put them in chat and I can answer them as best I can because I know I often come out of these episodes wanting to ask stuff, but I'm too chicken shit to actually do it. But um, <laughs> if anyone wants to ask questions, go ahead. But um, for the audio listeners, I guess that's probably the end of the show, unless anyone has questions. <laughs>